Fired up, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, we come to you after a 49ers win. They're going to try to make it two wins in a row. They're favored heavily against the Jaguars on the road this weekend. They beat the Rams, but uh, there's some history here. The 49ers have never won in in Jacksonville's home stadium. They beat the Jaguars on the road technically in London back in 2013, but They have to go get something new done this week to extend this winning streak and move back to 500. Matt, you're heading to sunny Florida. Do you think they can do it? I think it's a a really nice test about who this team is. I mean, they they passed the first test, obviously, Monday in in beating uh, handily a Rams team. This is is an interesting trip for them um, because – a, they got up emotionally for that game against the Rams. B, it's a cross-country trip. Uh, C, it's an early start. And D, it's against a team that uh, yeah, you might have a tendency to overlook. I mean, it's just the Jaguars. They're not very good. They've got a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, Not very many uh, stars on that team. So, uh, Dennis, it, it seems like it's a real kind of test just uh, of, of discipline and professionalism and the things that make up a good team. You were on some teams that traveled really well, um, but uh, I'm wondering whether you would be leery of a, a lapse in this situation. Well, you know, first of all, the 49ers, just this year in their history, they t- they should take no game for granted. Um, last week you saw a 49er team probably play the best football they've played the entire season. And it was against probably one of the better teams, definitely in their division and in the conference. And somehow they're able to get up. But then you see games like the Colts, uh, you know, they, they just don't show up for. So I think every game moving forward uh, is going to be a test for this team. Can you keep the momentum? Can you get fired up for a game? You know, I heard a lot of press conferences today and Jimmy Ward was talking about, you know, some of the guys were call, calling the team out. Uh, you know, Jerry Rice said there, there, there were no dogs, uh, not enough dogs on this football team. And Jimmy Ward kind of took that personal. So, you know, things like that. I mean, can you get fired up for a game that you're supposed to win? And there's been a lot of games this season that we thought the 49ers were going to come in and beat their opponent. And they just did not do it. Didn't show up on offense or didn't show up on defense. Whatever it may be, they just didn't show up. Now, this is another game, and you said it. you got, you got to go across the country. It's an early game. They played Monday night, so it's kind of a short week. Can they get up? Can they get motivated? Can they stay consistent? Can, Shal- can Kyle Shanahan still be creative on offense to put the team in position to win football games? So I think every game moving forward – it's going to be a challenge, and they just got to do it game by game, and they got to get up for it. And the good news for the 49ers is that they're not trying to make up ground, especially for that wild card race. I mean, yes, I guess the division still technically is in play. There is a lot of ground to make up there, but as far as just getting into the playoffs, they're zero games behind in the loss column. Five, five losses right now takes that last spot. The 49ers don't have the, the wins they need, but that's because they've already had their bye week. So, you win, 
you consistently do that and you'll be fine. You'll be in. And it is time to start thinking about that positioning because the 49ers have officially crossed the halfway point of the season. That came at halftime against the Rams. Uh, we have 17 games this year, so the odd number makes it a little bit funky. So nine games down for the 49ers, eight games to play. And over this backstretch of eight games, I think you have to take it one at a time. Treat every game like this. it's the Super Bowl because you treated that Rams game with, with all the buzzard circling like it was the Super Bowl out of desperation, and you have to keep that same mentality moving forward. Now, Jacksonville, this is a team that obviously is in rebuilding mode right now. Urban Meyer's the coach. Trevor Lawrence, number one overall draft pick, is the quarterback. But uh, Lawrence, I mean, he's shown some signs of promise, but he has not been consistently good by any stretch of the imagination. The defense for Jacksonville also hasn't been good. I mean, this is a team ranked number 26 or worse in DVOA on, you know, in all phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. But they do have some nice pieces and potentially explosive ones. You look at you, you, you look at uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously a quarterback. You don't want him to get going. He has the physical skill set to get going, but you want to make sure he stays looking like a rookie. James Robinson, their running back, has one, been one of the top performers over expectation in the league if you look at all the advanced metrics. So there's something to work with there that the 49ers have to be careful. doesn't turn into a bigger fire. Defensively, Josh Allen, he came in the same draft class as Nick Bosa. Good edge rusher. That's somebody that the 49ers need to pay attention to so he doesn't detonate their offensive game plan. But if if they keep those three guys in relative check, Matt, uh, this is a game the 49ers should convincingly win, in my opinion, because they're just so much more talented across the board than Jacksonville and so much more experienced across the board that what they need to do is avoid a guy that detonates their game plan. And, and the three guys I just listed, those are the players who can potentially do that if the 49ers don't hold them in check. I don't think it's too tall of a task to ask for the 49ers to, to, to limit those three players. You mentioned James Robinson, the, uh, the running back. Uh, he missed Wednesday's practice, um, has a heel and I think a knee injury. Um, he, I think he's still expected to play, but uh, he's been on the injury list for a few weeks now, so it's something to keep an eye on. And if he didn't play, then the starter would be Carlos Hyde, um, someone who's very familiar to 49ers fans and, and someone, frankly, who, who the 49ers, uh, Kyle Shanahan and his uh, staff didn't think all that highly of when uh, they had him in, in 2017 and uh, decided not to pick up his uh, his contract the following year. So that could be an interesting storyline. Um, of course, uh, C.J. Beathard is the backup quarterback there. Trent Balky is the GM uh, so some familiar faces in that organization. I mean, I, it seems like the the Jaguars' best uh, recipe for a win would be holding the 49ers to um, uh, a, uh, a modest score. And in, in four of the last, uh, I guess it's three of the last four weeks, they've held opponents to 20 points, to six points. That was their 9-6 win over the Buffalo Bills and to 23 points. So the defense, uh, I know that uh, in the beginning of the season, it wasn't very good, and that has skewed their stats. But recently, that unit has been playing pretty well. Um, very reminiscent, I think, of the, the 49ers 2020 team. Uh, nothing flashy about it, but uh, they get the job done. So that's what the 49ers have to avoid, is sort of being kind of mired down in a 
um, ugly contest, you know, in the low 20s type of contest in which the Jaguars have a chance of uh, kind of stringing together uh, a winning drive at the end. Um, and uh, like I like we said, that's uh, that's something that a good team uh, needs to be able to guard against. And um, I'm just wondering, Dennis, whether any of the, the Jaguars defenders, uh, whether you remember watching Josh Allen in the run-up to the 2019 draft, any of those guys uh, jump out to you? When I think about this Jaguars team, I, I I think about that quarterback. I think I think Trevor Lawrence is you know he's the number one pick overall, and we saw we did in college. And but he's a rookie, and he's played like a rookie. But the Jaguars have kind of given him the 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 keys to this franchise, and he's going to get better. And and how do you get after him? You you put some hits on him. I mean, he's physically he's a big dude. He doesn't mind running the football, but you got to get after him on on defense. And and I do believe that defense is going to win football games. And we saw last week, if the defense can go out and play like they played last week, set the tone. There's not much you can do. Much you have to do on offense. I mean, you can just you can just grind it, like you did against the Rams, because now you have a lead. You have a defense with some confidence. And you can just ram it down their throat. No matter who's on the other side of the ball, if a defense is trying to trying to make plays uh, to get themselves back in the game, playing from behind, you're going to make those mistakes because you're you're going to be out of position. You're going to be out of your gap trying to make that big play. And that's what that's what I, I loved about the 49ers against the Rams. Just methodically, they just ran the football. I think they ran the ball 44 times. Just run the football. And then you break the confidence. If you run the football, long drives, defenses get frustrated because then you figure, I cannot stop this football team. And then the offense loses, loses confidence because they figure, my defense can't stop the, can't stop the, um, stop the football. So, you know, I, I think have the same game plan, be creative with it, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side. If you can just pound, 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 I know... Elijah Mitchell is is got that broken finger, I think. But Jeff Wilson Jr. get Debo, stay creative, and whoever lines up on the other side of the ball, just pound it at him, just pound it, and defenses will lose confidence after a while. Trust me, if you're running the ball against a defense and defense knows you're running the ball and they can't stop it, and you keep them on the field long enough, it's it wears it wears you down at the end of the football game. So. I think the game plan should be similar to the to the to the Rams, the Monday Night Football, just ground and pound it, and you know the defense is going to give up. So I, it, this is going to be interesting because it's going to see uh, you're going to see the character of this team. I mean, can do you rebound? Uh, do you understand the situation you're in as far as the 49ers go? And I hate to say control of your own destiny, but that, it, it's kind of true. You, if, if you can win out, yeah, you might win, may lose a couple games, but if you can win these games, especially games you're supposed to win, and don't forget, Buffalo went in there probably thinking the same thing. You know, we, this is going to be an easy win for us, and they got beat. So if you let this team stick around, they'll build confidence. They're young. They'll think they can win the football game. But if you get after them, they'll be like, oh, here we go again. Here comes another W. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, we've progressed into the back half of November, and I think that's worth noting because if we look at the only Shanahan season that's had a healthy franchise quarterback throughout, that was the 2019 season, the the Shanahan 49ers offense really hit its stride around this time of the year. And not just the 49ers offense, the 49ers run game hit its stride in November of 2019 into December and then obviously into the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. That's doubly important this season because we've already discussed this. This is an offense-driven team. The defense obviously is not as potent as it was in 2019 can it still be good? Absolutely. Was it still good on Monday night? Absolutely. Will the 49ers still need it to be good? Absolutely. But the truth is, uh, I think we all agree the offense is going to have to tug the train here, right? We, we saw it, you know, against the Rams with, with that running game. Dennis is talking about the 49ers demoralizing opposing teams with that rushing attack. And that's at the core of Kyle Shanahan's philosophy. He wants to run, especially because defenses around the league are downsizing to combat all of these passing attacks in this passing era. And in in the case of the 49ers, that requires full commitment. And and they finally got that full commitment against, against the Rams on Monday to be able to just bully their way forward. They didn't care if it was three or four yards at a time, but they executed time and time again. And I think it's it's no surprise that they were able to execute when their backs were against the wall. Now it's late November. It's going to be December. That's when everybody's backs are against the wall in the league where everybody seems to be fighting for a playoff spot. So let's see if the 49ers can bring that same type of intensity that leads to offensive execution against the Rams to be able to realize Kyle Shanahan's run first vision. Let's see if they can extend that to this game against the Jaguars. Cause I think Dennis is onto something. I think you could really suck the soul out of another team. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo even alluded to that. He said the first drive might've, might've done a little bit of that to, to the Rams on Monday night. Well, the 49ers need to consistently do that in the same way that they did down the stretch in 2019. And remember down the stretch in 2019, the 49ers defense wasn't great. It was injured. It was the offense that had to take the torch and lead the 49ers to the finish line and the same thing's going to happen, have to happen this year. I agree with you. We've been looking for some type of identity as far as this offense goes, and, and, and we saw it. And it was reminiscent of that, the 2019 Super Bowl run. It's about the run game and this offensive line. And they did such a fantastic job uh, Monday night, you know, Aaron Donald, um, and that and all those, you know, Floyd and 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 Von Miller. I mean, they really got after him. And and that's what it was. And, and, and it was about that run game. Forty four runs. I mean, that's a lot, a lot of running and they couldn't be stopped. And then it was only because of the creativity of a Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Debo in the backfield. I mean, I would lo- I would think to, to myself when I saw Debo in the backfield, I was thinking as a defensive lineman. I would love to try to tackle a wideout, a receiver trying to run the football. But yet, I think he got like seven yards to pop because of the way they schemed up that front four. And that that's what that's what they need. And that's the identity. And that's what makes this Kyle Shanahan offense go efficiently is that run game. Jimmy Garoppolo was time to pass the ball, had a nice, comfortable pocket, thrown off his back foot. 
and and it, it it almost looked it looked like poetry. I mean, it was watching that first drive, and I'm telling you, after that first drive, the Rams were really questioning themselves. So like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And we're supposed to dominate this football team. You know, they're inconsistent on offense. But when you go out there and you do things like that, like I said before, you take the confidence away from the defense and also the offense. And then you get up by 14 points. Uh, and then your, your confidence is really down because you're playing from behind. And then as, as an offense, you got to lead. The whole uh, playbook opens up. And then you can just run the ball more. And I think that's what happened. I mean, we don't, you know, it doesn't have to fall on Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't have to win football games. It's not like New Orleans. You know, he doesn't have to win it with his arms. He's got a strong run game. Now, again, this is predicated on what happens with the run game and the running backs, the personnel in the game. Elijah Mitchell is hurt. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did say he was going to practice, but, you know, it's a finger. He's got to grip that ball. So we'll see what happens there. But if you can establish a run game against any defense, especially a defense like the Jacksonville Jaguars, you can dominate the football game. And if you have ball possession, the game is over. And that's what they did Monday night against the Rams. Yeah. And Dennis, I think Elijah Mitchell is going to be a a big question mark this week. Um, You know, as you noted, uh, Shanahan is optimistic that he can play, but he had a pin inserted into his finger on Tuesday. Um, You know, it broke a digit at some point during the game. This is how tough Elijah Mitchell is. Mitchell isn't sure when it happened. (laughs) He reported some discomfort at at one point during the game. He never came out and um, doesn't know exactly the play that it occurred on. So this is a guy that uh, carried the ball 27 times with an unknown number of them with a broken finger. Um, so he definitely has the pain tolerance to play. The, the, the fact of the matter, though, is that there's a pin in there now. And so that's usually something where a player has to miss four games. Uh, so I, I'm not exactly sure what, uh, you know, what makes Mitchell's situation different than, say, well, I, I know why it's different than a Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson's a, a quarterback. But um, you, you would think that at the very least his – uh, snap count, his carries would be curtailed in this game against the Jaguars, which means more Jeff Wilson and could mean uh, more Trey Sermon, um, a guy who in a game in which there were 42 carries got zero of them. Uh, so that's a bit of a, a question mark. I, I, I asked uh, Kyle Shanahan about that today, and um, he was uh, bristly as he is about uh, Trey Lance questions as well. And uh, he said, well, it's because, uh, you know, uh, uh, the other two guys, Wilson and Elijah Mitchell, are ahead of him on the depth chart. Well, you know, they've they've run the ball 40 or more times, five times under Kyle Shanahan. And each of those other four, uh, it's been, you know, divided among three tailbacks. This is the first time that there's only been two. Uh, The third one in this game, David, was was Debo Samuel, who was a, a quasi running back wide receiver for this game, and it totally worked out. But still, it is a bit puzzling why Trey Sermon just gets zero love from this team, even in situations where they could really use him. Well, my theory is that he's significantly worse than Elijah Mitchell at the outside zone, doesn't have that same burst. I'm, I saw a couple runs, especially the one that led off the second half. The Rams blew it up. There, I think it was Leonard Floyd who was in the backfield. Elijah Mitchell still turned it into a 20-yard gain. It, it was the kind of stuff that only Raheem Mostert can do outside of Elijah Mitchell on the 49ers roster, and obviously Mostert's not available to do that right now. But 
we talk so much about the need for a specific type of burst to be able to make the Shanahan outside zone work. Mitchell obviously has it, and I think Trey Sermon obviously doesn't, and that's fine because they also run some of that punishing inside zone stuff, but I I think you know Jeff Wilson is, is snatching people's souls again on the inside. If you watch the tape of that game, He's bowling people over. He's he's, you know, letting his presence be felt on some of those interior runs to the point where I think the 49ers think that he's a significantly better option than Trey Sermon right now. Now, should Sermon have gotten a handful of carries? Possibly, but it, you you kind of answered it yourself, Matt, with Debo Samuel. Uh, maybe this conversation should pivot to just how impressive Debo Samuel is as a football player. I mean, we're, we're seeing... I don't want to say history right now, but we're seeing something really spectacular out there from Debo Samuel. The efficiency numbers as a wideout, you know, I'm not even going to talk about the running back portion of this until the second half of this this little analysis. But as a wideout, he's been the most efficient guy at that position in yards per route run and, um, you know, expected yards after the catch, uh, you know, above expectation. He's been the best guy since 2008 since Steve Smith with Carolina in 2008 as far as the yards after the catch after expectation the NFL next gen stats tracks that Dio Samuel is averaging nearly five yards more than the typical receiver after first contact just let that sink in every time he touches the ball and first contact happens they have formulas that allow them to dictate where the average receiver would go down. Debo Samuel, on average, is getting five yards more per touch, which is just insane. And we're already, what, nine games into the season. And he's a running back on top of that. And his body's built like a running back. So he's the most efficient receiver who can also contribute like a running back. I mean, this is the Shanahan dream, right? We talk about positionless skill positions and hybridizing guys all over the field. That was what Jalen Hurd was supposed to be. Well, a few days after waving Jalen Hurd, Devo Samuel gave the 49ers the ultimate Swiss Army knife performance. Yeah. Just think about this, though. If you're Trey Sermon, you're on the sidelines, and the running back is now, or the, the a wide receiver is now a running back, and you're getting, you know, you're getting no play time. So, I mean, that's got to be a little discouraging, too. I mean, you're a high draft pick, and now – you know they've decided to put a put a put a receiver back there to run the football over you. So we'll see how that works out. But I think Debo is by far the best player on this football team right now, and he has had a breakout season. He's a beast. Uh, those in cut routes, you know, everyone knows they're coming. Uh, he catches that ball in traffic, contested. He takes a hit, and he still comes up with the ball. Crucial crucial times. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo has to put the ball on him, but, you know, he doesn't mind going up the middle. He doesn't mind running the football, you know, and, and we know what he can do on the perimeter. So, and, and, and my, right now with the 49ers, I think he's the best player on the football team. It's all about desire with him. Um, you know, he's got the skills, obviously. Um, he's got the size, but the way he plays the game, um, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, he was, you know, getting a lot of action, and I was questioning whether that was sustainable, both, you know, the way that the 49ers were funneling the offense through one guy, uh, it was by far the most targets uh, or percentage of targets of any receiver in the league, and, and whether he could hold up just the, the, the smash mouth way that he plays. But here we are, it's, it's week 10, and they're still doing it. Um, and I, I thought that the, the contrast between him and, and Cooper Cup was 
uh, pretty stark. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from Cooper Cup. He's having a sensational season. Um, he's the leading receiver in the league right now. But a, a lot of that stuff is is really kind of manufactured, which is fine. But the the Debo Samuel stuff is, uh, you know, some short throws, but those short throws also lead to, you know, huge contact. I mean, he's always catching passes in traffic. He's always smashing through people. I mean, it's a really uh, – you have to just admire the heart that uh, this season is requiring from him. And, and I hope that he's rewarded with just, uh, you know, uh, you know that he's healthy throughout 17 games because if he is, those numbers have to be huge uh, just because of what I just described. Uh, the, this offense is, is basically – uh, one that's revolving around him, um, and uh, he's he's telling the 49ers, put put the load on my shoulders. I'm going to take you there, and he's delivering, and it's uh, it's incredible to watch. I hope I hope we're still talking about this in Week 17. So many impressive plays for the 49ers against the Rams, but to Matt's point, Kyle Shanahan brought one up to help underscore how good both Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel were in that game. There was a third and seven. It was in the third quarter. And this is not like the Rams were blowing defensive assignments. The 49ers had to earn essentially every yard that they got in that game. And sometimes on third downs where they were very successful, they enjoyed the correct defensive look from the Rams that allowed the the, the play to work with – at least some sort of ease, but sometimes that wasn't the case. Sometimes the 49ers ran into a Rams defense that was prepared for the play that they called as an offense, and they still had to figure out a way to make it work. And there was a third and seven there in that third quarter where Debo Samuel wasn't open, right? There was not a lot of room. There's two defenders converging on him, but Jimmy Garoppolo fit a ball into the smallest of windows, and Debo Samuel just got crunched by two defenders right at the point of the catch. And he didn't go down. I mean, it was a first down even, uh, you know, if he had gone down right away, but he got the extra yardage. So, you know, I think that kind of ties together everything we've been talking about. He gains, you know, in, in a situation where the typical receiver would just fall down right away, may not even catch the ball. He not only catches it, but gains the extra yardage after that. He has the rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo for Jimmy to look for him on those downs. I mean, on the fourth and six. Uh, Jimmy threw to a spot. Jimmy wasn't throwing to Debo. Jimmy threw to a spot. That's classic Bill Walsh, right? Bill Walsh would hammer home to his quarterbacks. You have to stay, beat the team, beat the opposition from the pocket, and you're throwing to a spot because I trust me that receiver is going to be at that spot and he's going to make the play. And if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw to a spot, if he throws to Debo Samuel on that fourth and six. That's either a pick or an incompletion. But he threw to the spot because he has the rapport with Debo Samuel, who in, in, in between the time of the release and the time of the arrival of the ball, beat the defender, got there, caught the ball in stride, and ran in for a touchdown. So, I mean, the 49ers offense executed at a very high level. And obviously Garoppolo was a huge part of it. But Debo Samuel, the trust that his toughness that Matt talked about brought to the table, that, that, that has developed rapport within the whole scheme and I think that, you know, it was well encapsulated in that third and seven where he caught the ball in traffic and in that fourth down where Jimmy Garoppolo was able to throw to a spot and Debo Samuel was there to grab that ball and take it off to the races. Yeah, and you talk about trust. And it's interesting, on that fourth down play, that touchdown, um, I was actually sitting with uh, John Taylor. 
And as everybody was like screaming and like, oh my God, you know, he went for it. That's crazy. How bold, you know, touchdown with a great play. And and JT was just kind of like, yeah, that's what you do. And you, you talk about throwing it to a spot and Bill Walsh. That was the philosophy. You know, Joe Montana threw to spot and he had so much trust and Jerry Rice and John Taylor that he knew they were going to be there because because they had the same that they, they were at that they're on the same page and he knew his receivers were going to run a certain route and if he put the ball you know it was it was between I think it was between three defenders but the spot was still there and the window was going to be there and that's that trust and that's that execution uh, and it starts with the quarterback but also the receiver has to run that perfect route now if Debo would have went too far inside or outside or not meaning not up to feel far enough he would have missed that window but JT you know it, it's impressive but JT was like yeah that's what you're supposed to do that's the route he was supposed to run on that fourth down uh and it's and it's drawn up to score a touchdown and it's interesting you 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 just talked about that and I was sitting next to a guy that that that's what he did he had that synergy with uh with Steve Young and Joe Montana and they knew that if they got to that spot, no matter what defender was going to be there, the ball was going to be put on them as soon as they got out the cut, and it was going to be a touchdown. So it's interesting you brought that up. I heard that John Taylor can still do a standing backflip. I've seen it. it it's it's pretty darn impressive. That is impressive. How old is he now? I, I, I don't know what his I age is. I don't know, but, but um, yeah, JT loves to do a backflip. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> That's awesome. But you're you're absolutely right. You can just envision uh, Taylor running the same 59. touchdown that uh, that Debo caught on that fourth and sixth play. Uh, you, you can e- easily kind of uh, superimpose one guy for the other there. And and really, the only time that 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 trust issue has failed is uh, in that Colts game when uh, Garoppolo tried to hit Samuel at the sideline. Uh, and he was well covered, and, and the Colts ended up coming down with the ball. I think that ball was probably, I forget whether it was too far to the inside or too far to the outside, but uh, I think the placement was a bit off on that. But, you know, Samuel was so strong and so physical uh, and so thick that, you know, you, you do have that trust that even if you're throwing it into traffic, his body is such that it can shield defenders. And you saw that a couple of times um, in that game. So, um, and, and I'm going to throw this back to Dennis. Uh, I, I know that I'm sounding like uh, the, the grumpy old man here when I say that uh, defenses aren't as stout as they used to be. But it, it seems like somebody like Samuel can sort of take advantage of lighter defenses. Um, you know, uh, this is uh, an NFL that doesn't really have any. I mean, it's got a few, but not like it used to. Uh, hard hitters, big tacklers. Uh, all that stuff has, has seemed to kind of grow a little thin. Um, and uh, it just seems like somebody who excels at kind of powering through all that can 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 really run rampant in today's uh, uh, NFL. Well, I mean, well, the rules are set up certainly for the offense. And the NFL wants passing leagues now. So it, I think it's tough, it's tough to be a defender um, – in the NFL now. So, I mean, to be aggressive, you can't do it. I mean, there was a time when at the line of scrimmage, you think about a Deion Sanders, the way he would punch Jerry Rice right in the face mask. A lot, a lot of that stuff's gone away. Think about a Ronnie Lott. You know, anything coming down the middle, you know, Ronnie was hitting with the ball or without the ball. You can't do it. So I think I think it, 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 it plays for advantage for the offense. Well, it definitely plays advantage for the offense because – Defenses, the defensive backs are so worried about getting those penalties. 
And, you know, and we know with the 49, I mean, the PI penalties can be 40-yard penalties and change football games and put offenses right at the goal line. So I think that that limits a little bit. But, you know, now it goes back to your technique. And, you know, I'm lucky I get to be around a lot of these old heads. Toy Cook was at the game, and, and I was talking to him, Eric Davis, the week before. And he was explaining to me about the PI and how you would how, how he would play right now. Eric Davis was, you know, it's all about it's always about the technique. And, you know, E.D. was saying that it that you got to, you know, you got to have certain, you know, arm length away. You can't touch you. You know, you, you have to find the ball. So, you know, it's not as physical as far as defense, defense, especially in the secondary goes. But now it's all about technique. And I think that that's what's 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 kind of missing with this 49ers secondary is that it looks like their technique is not sound. And I I think that's just that that's something you do in practice. You know, you can't be physical, but if you're if if you're you know playing the A game as far as your your technique goes, you can be very successful. So what do we expect is going to happen this week, guys? That's the big question. I mean, this 49ers team has been maddening to to track, right? It's yeah. it's been a good game and then a few bad ones. They've played below the level of a lot of their worst opposition, and then they played way above the level of their best opposition so far this year in the Rams. But uh, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's now late November. Obviously, this is a parody-filled season in the National Football League, but the cream rises to the top around this time of the year. This is when the teams have to start going on runs. Dennis, your 49ers teams did that so many times, right? Uh, the 91 team, I think, of although you didn't make the playoffs, you went from what? I think four and six to 10 and six. He won six straight games to, to end the season. So the talent, the pedigree shown through. You know, I will die on the hill of the 49ers, the 2021 49ers have talent. Yes, there have been draft mishaps. Yes, maybe a free agent or two here hasn't worked out, but this team still has talent. I think we all agree on that. So will the cream continue to rise to the top here, or uh, are the 49ers going to suffer another setback? I I personally think they're going to go out and wipe the floor with Jacksonville. What do you think, Matt? I think Jacksonville will try to muck it up, you know, keep it a a, a low-scoring game. I think if the 49ers score 24 or more points, which is a modest number, they win this game because Jacksonville's offense is, is so bad. And uh, they absolutely should. I mean, uh, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, right there. You've got more pass catching talent than anybody on the on the Jaguars. And so uh, that group is together for the third straight game. Rust is off. They're mostly healthy, although Samuel's dealing with a, a shin bruise this week. This this should be a game where they easily get that 24 points. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, 30-17 to 17 49ers. This game kind of scares me because the 49ers have everything to lose. Jacksonville, they, they can go out and have fun. You know, they can go out and run around and they can just, you know, play. You know, they're at home. Uh, here comes the, you know, the, the 49ers. They can just have fun. And they can go out and just play with really nothing to lose. 49ers have everything to lose uh, if they can't get this game. So this game kind of scares me a little bit. But I think, you know, if guys, these leaders, uh, the the Jimmy Wards, if they stand up, the Nick Bosa's, uh, if they stand up and have good games, or George Kittles, and you talked about that receiving crew. But if if, if, if they come out and they set the tone early, 
I think they can get this game. But if they show up and say, hey, here we are in Florida. This is beautiful, sunny Florida. Oh, yeah, we got to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's going to be problems because if, if this team gets some confidence, you got some issues because I, I, I look at Trevor Lawrence and he's a good quarterback and he can run the ball and he can throw the ball and he can make this defense look bad if you don't get after him early. So I think it's going to be a low, a low scoring game. I think the 49ers, again, it scares the heck out of me. But I'm going to say like 20 to 17, 49ers. You know, we, should, we shouldn't do predictions anymore because we didn't predict last week and we came up with a nice win. Thank goodness, because I would have uh, bet against the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, me too. They, so maybe we shouldn't do predictions. You guys, we've been so wrong with the predictions all year. So <laughs> it might, might be a smart move. We're losing credibility here by the week with these predictions. Uh, you gave yours already, Dennis, though, and uh, I kind of hinted at mine. I, I think – I. You know, just in general, you don't just go out and beat the Rams by three touchdowns. Like you have to have something to be able to do that. This is a this is a Rams team that had been you know walloping a lot of its opposition this year. I know they lost to the Titans, but they didn't lose by three touchdowns. And it was, I mean, they had a chance to atone on Monday night, and the 49ers just completely you know wiped the floor with them. So. There's something in this 49ers building. There really is. Now, the question is, can they harness it consistently? Well, if you can't beat Jacksonville, then the answer is no. They're going to have to do more than beat Jacksonville, though. They're Minnesota, who is also 4-5 and five, like the 49ers, but also playing better than that record. They're coming into town after that. So, well, it's, it's part of a long journey. Eight games remaining. 49ers have to take it one game at a time. There is good news. It looks like Jalen Moore is is on track to, to play after he hurt his knee. And I think that if we talk about bigger picture stuff, like how are the 49ers going to get from the point they are now into the playoffs and to have a chance to make a run at the playoffs, they have to shore up a couple spots. One is right tackle, and Jalen uh, Jalen Moore is the, the great hope there, right? McGlinchey's done for the year. I don't think that you're accomplishing any lofty goals with Tom Compton as your right tackle. But I, you know, I haven't been unimpressed by what I've seen from Jalen Moore. I haven't been impressed yet. I'm still on the fence, but I think he's got a, a decently high ceiling and a, a decently high floor. And I think that that's key at right tackle. Then you look is at the he, is Jalen is he hurt? Did he get hurt in Monday yeah, night's he game? He got hurt on the first drive. He hurt his knee and he was on a stationary bike uh, mm. for the rest of the game. But he practiced in limited fashion on Wednesday. And the sooner he comes back, the better. Not only because you'd rather have him playing there than Tom Compton, but also because you want him to develop before these games get really, really serious as we progress further into the season. So uh, that's key for me. I also want to make sure that the 49ers, you know, uh, I need to see the 49ers properly develop that young talent in the secondary because I know that as it stands right now, they're probably okay, right? With Norman on one side, who's not playing terribly. He gets, he gets a, a lot of flack for the personal foul, but he's been decent, right? Mosley's been decent on the other side, outside of that Arizona game. Jimmy Ward makes everybody better. But the 49ers are one injury away, again, in that secondary from everything falling apart. So we need to know that Diamador Lenore or Ambry Thomas or both can contribute at this at some point this season. Those two things really need to happen for the 49ers to, to turn this into a sustainable winning streak, right? There's only one win right now. If they're going to sustain that over the longer stretch past this Jaguars game, they're going to need to to 
find answers at the margins that they found in 2019. And for me, that's on the offensive line and in the secondary, Matt. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with everything that you said. And um, I think that uh, Jimmy Ward um, is really uh, starting to, you know, I think that game on Monday night, two interceptions, one for a touchdown. He starts to get the recognition that probably uh, he's deserved for a while. I mean, is there a more talented guy that gets uh, less recognition in this league than, than Jimmy Ward? Uh, unfortunately, he, he, he suffered from, uh, you know, they played him out of place early in his career. He dealt with lots of injuries early in his career. He had the bust label put on him early in his career. Uh, and this is all kind of related to, uh, the 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 GM in Jacksonville, uh, Trent Baalke is the one who drafted him. But I think Baalke, you know, always thought that he was a, a safety. And, um, you know, at the time, this was back in 2014, uh, the, the 49ers still had Eric Reed. In fact, they had drafted Eric Reed early in the uh, first round the, the year prior. So they had to sort of uh, figure out where to play Jimmy Ward, and uh, I think his his reputation suffered a bit from that. And uh, he's been building it back up. The last three years, he's been mostly healthy. And boy, the the last two weeks, Dennis, uh, of this season really kind of put into focus just how important he is to this defense. Not in, in the uh, lineup against the Cardinals, and the secondary is terrible. He's back against the Rams, and they look like world beaters. So uh, it was a uh, it was uh, a, a sharp contrast uh, with and without Jimmy Ward. Yeah, he's the veteran of this team, and he showed out Monday Night Football. And, you know, I always say, you know, big-time players make big-time plays, and it's going to be in his shoulders. I mean, you know, Jaquasi's not in there right now. He's got a rookie uh, lining up next to him, and he is he's the guy that everyone's looking at. And, you know, everyone on this football team, all these veterans – this is your time. This is your time to lead this team, especially that with, with the games that are left. I mean, everything has to be urgent. And, you know, he's one of those guys that just falls on his shoulders. That's what happens in football. When you're around the longest, everybody's looking at you because they want you to make the plays, make the big decisions, uh, lead by example, practice, uh, pregame, uh, during the football game. They're always looking at you because you're the guy that's been there, been here the longest. And that's that's what comes with professional athletes. So, you know, he showed out uh, on Monday Night Football. Now, you know, it's, it's about the consistency now. Can this defense go out and set the tone every week now? And that's what I'm going to be looking at, the character of this defense. Can it set the tone like it did Monday night against the Rams? That's the big question, and the 49ers are going to have to do it with an early body clock start. It's a 10 a.m. Pacific time start in Jacksonville in a stadium. Remember, the 49ers have never won in, so... Um, they're going to have to break that little hex. Uh, it's obviously not one they have a chance to win in very often, but still they have to do that for the first time and they have to find a way to actually string some success together. Uh, I, I suppose they've already enjoyed a winning streak this year when they won both uh, week one and week two, but uh, n- now it's time to build something a little bit more important, a little bit more lasting late in the season. We'll be paying attention on Sunday to see if they can do it. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, This is David Lombardi. We'll catch you after the game on the Here's the Catch podcast.